0: Take your Bible and turn with me to John chapter 16. I think he gave you the mild version of his story. It's, uh, uh, if you saw some of the pictures and things of uh, when he was going through that, um, he made a pretty horrific um, event sound kind of simple. Um, but um, it certainly was not. And, uh, God has uh, blessed him and, and used him. Uh, because of uh, through that uh, through that little machine and what God is uh, what God has done for him and so continue to pray for him he still every now and then pops up and I think he misses hospital food ever so often and uh, has to go back and uh, and go go back through there but uh, continue to pray uh, if you will if you, when you pray and think about uh, Thomas and uh, and uh, remember him all right John chapter sixteen. John chapter 16. We're still uh, walking along with Jesus on the way uh, to Gethsemane with his disciples. And uh, we're going to tackle a passage of Scripture this morning that uh, deals with an issue uh, that uh, as Baptists many times uh, we, um, we avoid uh, like the plague. Uh, and uh, now Thomas, uh, Thomas Church of God, he's used to it. But uh, as Baptists, we tend to get a little jumpy when we start talking about uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, but we're going to address that this morning, and uh, we're going to look at what Jesus says. Jesus here uh, in these few verses, I think, actually. Uh, gives us one of the clearest uh, descriptions of, uh, of the work of the Holy Spirit. He introduced us uh, to the Holy Spirit uh, earlier uh, in uh, chapter 15, and now he comes back uh, to this topic and uh, is going to address the, the work uh, of the Holy Spirit. And uh, there, there's typically a, uh, there, there seems to be general, when we're addressing uh, the work of the Spirit, uh, we we take two extremes. Uh, there are uh, either uh, we we avoid it uh, completely and just don't talk uh, about the Holy Spirit, or we go uh, to the extreme and talk about uh, some of the, uh, the 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 wilder, uh, more boisterous. Uh, Revelations of the Holy Spirit. We uh, go from nothing uh, all the way to uh, tongues and healings and, uh, you know, some of the, 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 those. And uh, what Jesus gives us here, uh, I think, is a more uh, middle-of-the-road approach. The who uh, and uh, the work uh, of the Holy Spirit. So, this morning, uh, as we look at this text, I want to show you, uh, as we look in this passage, four uh, things that Jesus reveals uh, about the Holy Spirit. And what makes them, I, I think, uh, particularly uh, important to us, uh, again, I think obviously the ignoring and avoiding the Holy Spirit uh, is the wrong. Uh, approach, because the Bible uh, is filled with uh, with references and descriptions and discussion of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and the, the far extreme, uh, while it may be interesting and have its place, uh, doesn't uh, really fit too much uh, into our everyday life. Uh, there, uh, again, uh, I'm not... You know, we're not even going to get into that, really, uh, but again, that, that's more, it uh, doesn't really affect what Jesus talks about here uh, are, uh, is the work of the Holy Spirit uh, in, in the everyday life. Uh, of the believer and again this was important uh, because he was talking to those disciples again uh, just before his uh, crucifixion and he was going to leave them and so they needed again all this comes back to that one statement let not your heart be troubled Uh, and so all of this is is feeding into that and so uh, what he's going to talk about here are those uh, are those daily, uh, regular, uh, common works uh, of the Holy Spirit that you and I need uh, on a daily basis, that we need uh, daily as we go about our life, as we try to live for the Lord, as we live uh, in a... Uh, sinful world, as we live in a world uh, that daily, uh, it seems, get, gets more uh, adverse to Christianity, uh, what we need is the, the very practical uh, description uh, of the work uh, of the Holy Spirit. And so those are the four things uh, that we're going to look at that Jesus describes here uh, in, uh, in these verses as they're uh, traveling along Uh, Verse 5, and uh, I don't mean to just skip over them, but uh, my time's kind of uh, brief this morning. So uh, really, uh, in verse 5 and 6, he basically tells them, uh, you know, you got all upset because I told you I was leaving, uh, but you really are not too concerned uh, about what uh, that means for me. Uh, You're more concerned, you know, wanting to know, well, what are we going to do without you? Uh, And so I'm going to answer that question uh, by telling you uh, about the work uh, of the Holy Spirit. And so picking up uh, in verse 7, the first thing uh, that uh, we see there, uh, he says, nevertheless, he says, I'm telling you the truth, uh, it is for your benefit, it's good for you, it's expedient for you if I go away, because if I don't go, the Comforter uh, will not come uh, to you. And so one of the favorite words that uh, Jesus uses to describe uh, the Holy Spirit uh, is this word, the word Comforter. And so, uh, the first thing we see uh, as the, the the service of the Spirit. What, what does the Spirit do? Is first of all, uh, he comforts the sorrowful. Uh, that's one of the primary works that we see uh, described for us uh, of the work. Uh, of the Holy Spirit, that he is a uh, is a comforter, the word uh, that is translated there uh, to, to be comforter is the uh, the Greek word paraclete and it uh, means one who comes alongside and uh, I think all of us can kind of uh, appreciate that imagery and that idea uh, of someone uh, who will come alongside uh, of us if you 've ever uh, had something like that happen to you uh, physically, uh, literally in your life where uh, you were going along, and maybe uh, you were struggling along, and somebody uh, comes up uh, with you and maybe puts an arm around you, takes you by the hand, and, and, and walks with you. Man, that's a good feeling to know uh, that somebody uh, is going along with you. Maybe you, uh, you know, and, and one of the uh, really sad things, I think, uh, right now that's going on. Uh, in, uh, uh, in this uh, corona issue uh, is how the hospitals and rest homes are uh, limiting visitation. Uh, I can't imagine going in uh, for, uh, for some type of surgery and being told uh, that, uh, that you can't have any family uh, to go with you and, uh, and be back there in, in that waiting period. I, I, I can't imagine uh, what folks are going through. It just feels good to have someone uh, who will come alongside and, and walk with you. And that's uh, the first thing that uh, Jesus talks about. And again, uh, it was extremely important for these disciples what they were about to go through. They were about uh, to go through this time of seeing Christ arrested and, uh, and crucified and uh, then have Him uh, 40 days later to ascend and leave them. And they were going to be responsible for uh, the, the starting of the New Testament church. And they were going to be uh, persecuted and rejected uh, by friends, family, neighbors uh, for their faith, and and to be reminded uh, that they had someone uh, who was sent by God, uh, someone who had uh, the authority of God uh, to come along and walk alongside of them and go with them uh, during this struggle was a huge, uh, had to be a huge encouragement and and blessing uh, on those disciples' life. And and certainly it it should be uh, for you and I. We're promised in uh, the Word of God. He says, I'll never leave you uh, nor forsake you. The book of Psalms uh, says that he is a friend uh, that sticketh closer uh, than a brother. And so uh, this morning what we learned uh, in, in just this one word, of Comforter of Paraclete uh, is that whatever it is that a believer goes through, they never go through alone. They, they never go through with the absence of God, whether it's uh, surgery or death of a loved one or sickness of a loved one or financial, whatever it is that we go through, Christ says to us that when I leave, I will send one who will comfort. The sorrowful who will uh, go through uh, that time with you. How many of you in here uh, can say listen I've been through a time in my life I've been through a time of grief and sorrow and I know had it not been for the presence of God through the Holy Spirit I couldn't have made it. It was only uh, through that uh, walking within me and going with me that, uh, that I was able to make it and get through uh, that time through that valley of the shadow of death as he Describes it. It was only because uh, the Holy Spirit walked along with me, and Jesus gives us that promise, and uh, and wow. Uh, again, and I'm not wanting to discount or uh, any of the uh, spectacular gifts and things people talk about about the Holy Spirit, but quite honestly, uh, what I need is I need the Holy Spirit to walk along and take my hand and go with me uh, every day and to walk along. Those spectacular signs and gifts uh, you do with them what you may, uh, and, and you do whatever you choose, but I'm saying to you this morning, what I Uh, And and way more often, and I think what the average person needs on a far more regular basis is the presence of the Spirit walking along beside us and, and, and going with us through the valleys and through the dark times, through the hurtful times, through the painful times, through the sorrowful times, through all those bad times of life. That's what we need from the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, that's the promise I I, I make to you this morning, is that I will send you uh, one. And He says to them, uh, He says it is expedient or or better uh, is the word. He says it's it's better for you uh, that I leave. Now, uh, that that phrase may have caught the disciples a little bit uh, off guard. Jesus says to them, it's better if I leave so the Holy Spirit uh, can come. you hear what he says? I didn't say that. He said that. He said, It's better if I go and the Holy Spirit comes. Why was that? that that's a, you know, most of us talk about we want to see Jesus. We, we sing that song. I want to see Jesus. Jesus himself said, You're better off if I leave and the Holy Spirit comes. Why? Because now... Uh, What what does he mean by that? Is Since Jesus left, uh, now we have several things going for us uh, as believers. We have Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father, daily making intercession for you and I. And so we have a glorified and exalted Savior because uh, He left. Uh, The other thing is because uh, that Jesus left, we now have what He says here, the presence of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus came to this earth, one of the things He gave up to come to this earth was His omnipresence. Jesus in the flesh could only be at one place at one time. Let's presume for a moment, let's just imagine for a moment uh, that after the resurrection, Jesus says, you know, I kind of like it here. I am going to set up my, uh, my office here. Well, where would that office be? I, I don't know. Let's assume Jerusalem. Well, let's assume that's where they set up that office. Well, what if I wanted to talk to Jesus? I, I don't know how long an air flight that is, longer than I want to fly to talk to Jesus. There's times when I need Him right now. I, I ain't got time to be flying. It takes two hours anymore just to get on a plane. I don't have time for all that. But he says, if I leave, I will send the Holy Spirit. I will send the comforter. And so now, when I go through those hard times, when I go through bad times, when we have trouble in our life, I don't have to get a plane. I don't have to make an appointment. I remember years, I hadn't been here too long uh, as pastor, so that's been 25 years or so ago. I had one of my regular uh, sinus infections, and I called my doctor. And, and, and I said, I need to see the doctor. And I grew up, I don't know how you, I grew up uh, with, with, with Dr. Correll. And I love Dr. Correll. Uh, I said, let me he, he, tell you how he did business. The doors of that joint opened up at 730. You went in and you got your name on the list. And as long as you were in there by 4 or 430 when they closed the door, if he had to stay there at 8 o'clock that night, he saw everybody that made it in the door. That's the kind of doctor I was used to. I call my doctor, my head's throbbing, my nose I'm pounding, and I'm in, I'm in business. If you ever had a real good sinus infection, you know what I'm talking about. And I call them and they say, Well, what first appointment we've got in six weeks. I say, Lady, I won't need a doctor in six weeks. I'll need an undertaker. I need to see my doctor. Listen, the beauty of what Jesus says to us is that the Holy Spirit presence. I don't have to make an appointment. I don't have to fly to Jerusalem. Listen, everywhere I go, what does the Bible say? The Bible says if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Spirit dwells in you. So when I'm talking to myself, y'all get out of my way. I'm having a conversation with the Spirit. That's what I'm telling you anyway, because He's dwelling in me. Listen, He's there to comfort the sorrowful. How does He comfort the sorrowful? But we go on in this passage. How does He comfort the sorrowful? But He convicts the sinner. Look what He says as we go on in verse, uh, verse 8. He says, when He comes, He'll convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, i got to move quick because I want to cover those three things. He says the Holy Spirit will convict of sin righteousness, and judgment. Not spend too long on convicting of sin because we understand that one. He, he's going to convict of sin. I, I asked you to raise your hand a while ago. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I know the answer. How many of you have ever been going along in life and you did something you shouldn't, you said something you shouldn't, and immediately the Holy Spirit convicted you of that? And by the way, let me say something right there for free. If you can't raise your hand to that one, Unless you and I talk after service, because you may not know Jesus Christ. Because if the Holy Spirit dwells in you, and you have sin in your life, He's going to get your attention. He's going to convict. That's what Jesus said. Jesus says the Holy Spirit's going to convict of sin. And if you can go about your life and claim to be a believer, and you can go about your life and you can continue in sin and you can live in sin, and the Holy Spirit never rises up in you and says, Hey, what are you doing out there? Then you may need to ask yourself this question Does the Holy Spirit dwell in me? And the Bible tells us if, doesn't, if the Spirit's not in us, we're none of His. And so you may need to question your salvation just to be very blunt with you this morning. Whether you're in this room or watching online, if the Holy Spirit is not working to convict you of sin and show you uh, those things in your life uh, that are uh, sinful uh, and wrong, then you need to ask yourself some very real, tough, serious questions. But Not as you say, He convicts uh, of sin, but He says He convicts of righteousness. That's very similar. It's a, he convicts of a lack of righteousness. Not does He convicts us of sin, but He convicts us of a, a lack of righteousness. When we are not growing in our walk with the Lord, when we are not becoming more like Him, then He says He convicts us of that. And once again, I, I want to tell you, the Bible here, Jesus doesn't say He may convict of sin and righteousness. He says He does convict of sin and righteousness. So if the Holy Spirit is not working in your life and and is not pushing, pulling, tugging on you to become more like Jesus, to become more like God, to live more according to the principles and precepts of the Word of God, then perhaps you need to ask yourself, does the Holy Spirit genuinely dwell in me? Because Jesus says He will convict of sin and righteousness. Not may, but will. That's what he does. That's his work. He convicts of sin and righteousness and then judgment. That simply simply means when he says he convicts of sin and righteousness, he convicts the world that judgment is coming. He convinced man that judgment uh, is looming, and therefore that man wants to be prepared. that man wants to be ready. How many of you ever been going down the road and, and you know you don't see this too much anymore because they 've gotten sneaky, uh, but used to uh, you know when a policeman was set up somewhere uh, clocking speeders you'd, you'd have a good neighbor uh, who would come down the road and see them. and when you'd pass them, it flashed the headlights at you. remember that you don 't see that a whole lot anymore. I think people's just got me, and they say let them let them find them themselves. I had to find them. Let them find them. Yeah. You know, but you used to flat and, kind of, and what you do? You said, "Oh, I better slow this thing down. You know, I, I better set up straight. Better get ready because the policeman is up the road. The policeman judgment is setting up the road, and so I've got to be prepared for that judgment." You, 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 know, you, that, that, you know, you'll get out there and you double-check that speedometer. And you make sure, you know, I don't know what it is about us, but when there's a policeman around, we turn down the radio. I think we think we can drive better. You know, we turn down the radio. You check your seatbelt. You know, make sure everything's ready, because judgment is coming. Well, what is, what is he talking about? That's the same principle uh, that Jesus is telling us about the work of the Spirit. He convicts us of sin. He convicts of righteousness. He convicts of judgment. He reminds us that judgment is coming. And therefore, I want to live my life. I want to do the things. I want to be prepared for judgment. I want to be prepared for the day that I'm going to stand before God. Listen, and I, I, I'm going to say it again, and some of you uh, are probably going to be aggravated with me, whether here or online, uh, but the fact of the matter is, again, if, if preparing for judgment does not concern you, then maybe there's more questions you need to ask. Because I want to be ready to stand before my Lord. I want to be ready to stand and, 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 and give that account and, and for, for, uh, for, for, the, for the work that I did, for the opportunities I had. I want to be ready for that. Listen, I want to be ready. And the Holy Spirit convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so the Holy Spirit comforts the sorrowful. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin. Third, the Holy Spirit does something here. That is, uh, I think, really, his primary work. As uh, uh, Well, let me, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Verse 12. Verse 12, he tells us that he counsels the stranded. Look what he says. He says, I, I still have a lot of things to tell you, but you can't bear them right now. You're not ready just now. And, and when the Spirit comes, he will guide you in all truth. Third work of the Holy Spirit. Practical, everyday, I need it, you need it. Work of the Holy Spirit. Comforts the sorrowful. convince the sinner. counsels the stranded. The disciples were about to be stranded. They were about to be cut off from the day-to-day walking with Jesus Christ. He was about... Uh, 42, 41 days 43 days or so from ascending and leaving them standing there as the book of Acts tells us staring up into the sky wondering what just happened he says when I leave the spirit will come and he will tell you things and he will guide you and direct you listen The practical, day-to-day, I need it, you need it, work of the Holy Spirit. Comforting the sorrowful. Convicting the sinner. Counseling the stranded. See, we're here going through this life. We're passing through. We're sojourners, he says. We're just passing through this world and the Spirit guides us. He guides us, he says here in this passage, he says he guides us by speaking the truth. He says there that when the Spirit comes he says I've got a lot of things, but when the Spirit comes, he will guide you in all truth. How many of you know the truth is rare in 2020? Truth and common sense have went on vacation. Somebody said common sense is not as common as it used to be, neither is truth. The Holy Spirit guides us in truth, he says. He guides us in what is correct. Do you know this morning, if you follow the world, if you follow the leadership, if you follow the crowd... More than likely, I'm not going to say definitely, but more than likely, if you follow the crowd in twenty twenty you're probably not pursuing the truth you you probably if you're following the crowd more than ever, you're probably not going in the right direction, yeah. I don't know about you, but I, I, I know that one of the things I used to say as a kid, and I'm pretty sure most of you did, and your kids, they'd already learned it too. They do the same thing. Everybody else is doing it. You remember what you told them? Everybody else was jumping off a roof. Would you jump too? Well, unfortunately for most of us, the answer was probably Yeah. Because yeah. I know I've done some dumb stuff because everybody else was doing it. Bible tells us here that God he says the Holy Spirit counsels the stranded. He guides us in truth. Let me tell you what that feels like. Some of you may not even realize it. You ever had that feeling you were wanting to go do something, you were wanting to be involved in something you, were wanting, you, you you had a you had an idea. Yeah. We think sometimes we got brainstorms. They're not really storms, they're more like light drizzles, you know. But we think we got a brainstorm. But there's something in us, have you ever felt it? When you've got that bright idea, but there's something in you that's kind of tugging, and that little feeling in you that says, you know, that may not be the smartest thing you've ever done. Oh, I hear that all the time. That may not be the smartest thing you've ever done. Not sure you ought to do that, You know what that is most of the time? It's one of two things. It's your mom. It's one of three things. It's your mama, your wife, or both, or it's the Holy Spirit saying, I'm trying to guide you in truth. I'm trying to guide you in truth. Anybody in here got a friend that if you wanted the truth, that's the friend you'd go to? See, there's some people you know this there's some people you don't go up to them and say and I'm one of them by the way because I don't I I don't do too good with colors and all Uh, I have to ask somebody else what matches and then I I wish they had garanimals for kids for adults to be honest with you y'all know what garanimals are y'all remember them the shirt had like a zebra on it the pants had a zebra on it that lets you know they matched yeah I need that um yeah but, but anybody in here got a friend that you wouldn't ask them if this matches? Because they'd send you out in public looking funny? Yeah. Never ask your wife when, you, when she's mad at you, does this match? Oh, yeah, honey, you look great today. Yeah. I, I, I need a friend that'll tell me the truth. How many of you know that's a real friend? That's a real friend. It's a real friend though. You come out and get in the car and they'll look at you and go, You need to go back in. You tore up. You ain't going with me looking like that. We're gonna do something to that either. You know. You ain't going. No. Get out. That don't match. Go on back in the house. I'll wait. We need that kind of friend, don't we? We need that kind of friend. They're They're rad. But the Holy Spirit is that kind of friend. He's the kind of friend that'll tell you, no, that don't match. What you're about to do doesn't match the profession you make. You profess to be a Christian. What you're about to say, or what you just said, doesn't match. It doesn't line up. He will guide us in truth, he says. He guides us by, by showing. And look what he says. He tells them, he says, when, when the Spirit of truth comes, he'll guide. He won't speak his own, but he'll declare to you what is to come. The Holy Spirit. Why, why would it be so important for the disciples to know, <coughs> for the Holy Spirit to tell the disciples what is to come? Why do you think that was? Well, put yourself in the shoes of the disciples for just a moment. What do you think right then and there, for the next 24, 48 hours or so, they thought were going to happen? Well, what do you think they thought was about to happen? They just, they're going to come and they're going to arrest Christ. And they're going to put on a monkey trial. And they're going to crucify him. What do you think the disciples thought Was in their future? It's not a trick question. What do you think the disciples thought was coming up for them? The same thing. Or some version of it. And so Jesus says to them the Holy Spirit will tell you what is to come. Well, what was he going to tell them about? He was going to tell them about the future. And so those, those are the things to come, right? Things to come are in the future. And so while we do know from historians that all the disciples ultimately did uh, meet persecution and death, we also know that because of the work of God, because of what Jesus Christ did on Calvary, their future was still bright, correct? Correct? And so, what the Holy Spirit does to us is reminds us that no matter what this world holds, we've been looking at uh, the 37th Psalm uh, in, in uh, our studies in uh, in the morning that uh, are available to you Facebook and YouTube that you can see there. And the 37th Psalm, that's all that it's about, is how sometimes it seems like the wicked suffer, but the, the, the but the godly pro- uh, but the wicked prosper while the godly suffer. And so, as he talks about that, what Jesus is saying to us is, listen, you may suffer right now, but what David says in that psalm is, I would rather be the righteous walking with God and do without than be the wicked and be wealthy. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit counsels us in that way. And then finally, what I think may be the the most important work of the Holy Spirit. He says in verse 14, He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. That is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. I I don't know about you, but on first reading that, I, I read that and I go, huh? Because it kind of sounds like Jesus spoke in circles a little bit. But here's what he says. The Holy Spirit, practical day-to-day work. He comforts the sorrowful. He convicts the sinner. He counsels the stranded. Fourth, and again perhaps most important, is He confirms the Son. He confirms the Son. Jesus said what the Father said, and the Spirit says what the Son said. Remember what Gary mentioned this the other week about his wedding. Remember what the Bible says about a three a a three strand cord. He says a three strand cord can't be unbroken. It can't be broken. Father, Son, the Spirit. He says they all say the same thing. Jesus says, the Holy Spirit, He's going to come, and and He's going to confirm, He's going to teach, He's going to speak, and He's going to talk about uh, about Christ. He declares that. He he declares who Christ is, what Christ is. He reveals Jesus Christ to you and I. That's His work. That's what He does. He labors to reveal Jesus Christ to us. And Jesus Christ labored to reveal the Father to us. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right? And now the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus. Jesus reveals the Father. And so the Holy Spirit is working to show us who Jesus Christ is. To bring us continually, steadily, more aware, and more into the presence of God himself. That's his work. Now I know this morning there are, again, there are a lot of people who get caught up in the spectacular and the amazing things. We like to read in the Bible uh, of great healings and great moves. That we like to read about Pentecost. I, I, me too. But to be honest with you, what I need every day of my life is the Holy Spirit to come along beside me and comfort me when I'm sorrowful, convict me when I'm sinful. Counsel me when I'm stranded. And confirm the Son to me. That's daily. That's real right there. That's real. Oh, I got nothing, I got nothing against the Holy Spirit sending down fire, whatever else it wants to do. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. But to be honest with you, you know, if all of a sudden today, let me just expand on that thought just one moment. If all of a sudden today in this room we had a revisitation of Pentecost and we saw fire fall and sit on the believers in this room, that'd be pretty cool for a day or two, wouldn't it? We probably couldn't stop talking about it. Probably wouldn't forget it anytime soon. But over about Wednesday or Thursday, when you got laid off from your job, That fire bouncing around probably wouldn't help a whole lot, would it? But the Holy Spirit coming and saying, hey, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I need Him daily. I need the practical. I need Him to come along and comfort me, convict me, counsel me, and confirm for me. Jesus Christ. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. In this room this morning, the majority, the vast majority, would say, I already know Jesus Christ. I already know Him as my Lord and Savior. I already know Him. But I need the day to day, I need the practical. I need the Holy Spirit to walk with me, to comfort me, and to counsel me. Maybe this morning a a more accurate prayer for those of you who know Christ would be this. Oh Lord, I just want to thank you for all the times when I was stranded. All the times I was broken and the Holy Spirit stood by me. Your Holy Spirit was there to walk with me, to guide me, to comfort me. And I just want to thank you for that work. But more importantly, you're here this morning. You're watching online. And you say, you know, I don't, you talked about that convicting thing. I don't feel that. I can do whatever I want to. Live however I want to. And I don't feel any kind of conviction. I don't feel the Spirit tugging at me. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you truly know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you know Him as your Lord? If not, would you come this morning and let me show you from God's Word how you can? If you're online, would you reach out? Contact us. I'd love to talk to you and tell you how you can know Christ personally. How you can have the Spirit walking and living in you. Father, we thank you this morning for your Word. God, we thank you for the promise, the gift of the Holy Spirit. God, his day-to-day Every day working. Walking with us. Comforting. Convicting. Counseling. Confirming. The work that your son did. God this morning in this, in this room. Online there are those who need to just simply thank you. Who need to bow. God you've been with them through dark days. You've been with them. Through death, you've been with them through sickness, you've been with them through surgery, you've been with them through loss of job, you've never left them nor forsake them. You've been a friend that stood closer than a brother. And God, they need to stop what they're doing this morning. And they need to kneel maybe right where they are and thank you. Thank you for that work. But God, for the one the one that's listening, watching online in this room, that doesn't know the presence of the Holy Spirit, doesn't know what it feels like, doesn't know Jesus Christ personally, Father, would you stir their heart? God, would you convict them? Today would be the day that they would ask Jesus into their life. We'll give the honor for what you do. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. as we stand together. for your attention. Uh, Just let you know, again, we are doing everything we can here uh, to keep you safe. I know that the numbers continue uh, to rise and uh, some are kind of going back into uh, hibernation. And uh, I said, if that's your choice, uh, Kevin and I were looking yesterday, we found a a, a device, I think, uh, probably going to see about getting one that Uh, The kind of mist and fogs the sanitizer just to make sure the germs are all out of here, so nobody. uh, We had the spray bottles, but that kind of. So we were looking at that yesterday and thinking that may be a, uh, a good way to. Uh, to keep everything clean and, uh, and, and safe and germ-free. You know, it's germ-free to you sit down, and then y'all germ it up no matter how much we clean it. So, uh, But um, we're going to try to have it germ- germ-free germ when you sit down on it. after that, it's on you. Uh, and so uh, bring your own Lysol. Uh, but uh, we are, again, continuing to try to do everything we can. Um, and uh, just to keep you safe uh, and so we depend on you uh, to do your part as well um, again um, you know, to, to practice as you go out of here uh, don't be licking the doorknobs or kissing each other that kind of thing uh, stay apart We're gonna, yeah we've got a couple doorknobs so we don't have any doorknobs um, but uh, just uh, again, stay safe. Um, and uh, I said, uh, continue, uh, continue to pray. We've got again some churches that are starting. Uh, we've had several pastors and several churches uh, who have had um, episodes. Um, we've had several pastors actually pass away across the state uh, from, uh, from the virus. And so um, remember them. And the uh, last thing I want us to be is uh, on TV like the church in Charlotte. Um, and so we're going to try to be careful um, and uh, put on your mask and head out the door. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for uh, the day that you've given us, God, for allowing us uh, to be here, uh, to worship you, God, to sing together, to study your word together. Uh, God, I pray your blessings on each person here, each home here. uh, God, that uh, you would uh, just uh, bless them, keep them safe uh, uh, in this time. And we give the honor and the glory for it all, which in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.